I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travel to the heart of Krakow in Poland and discover the story of an oak tree which chronicled the history of modern Poland. From early in the morning, German officers are being disarmed on every street corner. But not only is the militia disarming them, so is the mob. Throughout the day, military assets and civilian authorities are being taken from the Germans. All day long, the streets are crowded. The trams are running as usual. There are cars with our soldiers everywhere. In the midst of all this, Poland is rising, and nobody can see how beautiful it is. Nobody notices in this commotion. These were the words from the memoir of eminent Polish writer Maria Dabrowska. This particular extract is from her personal diaries, written on 11th of November 1919. The moment was historical, as after 123 years of Austro-Hungarian-German rule, the country had once again regained its independence. The First World War ended with the signing of the Treaty of Versailles, and a significant outcome of that treaty. was that Poland had a chance to break free of Austro-German control. On the 16th of November, Piłsudski, the commander-in-chief of the Polish army, sent a telegram to the rulers of the USA, Britain, Germany, and other countries. As the commander-in-chief of the Polish army, I hereby notify warfaring and neutral governments and nations of the existence of an independent Polish state encompassing all lands of United Poland. The Polish state arises from the will of the entire nation and shall be based on democratic principles. On May 3, 1919, an oak tree was planted to commemorate the freedom of Poland. It came to be known as the Oak of Freedom, a freedom that was not destined to last very long. Because only 20 years later, at about 6 o'clock on the morning of September 6, 1939, the first Nazi troops rolled into Krakow. Hans Frank, Hitler's former personal legal advisor and past president of the Reichstag, Germany's parliament, was installed in Wawel as the governor general of occupied Poland. And thus began the Nazi occupation of Poland, an occupation whose consequences nobody foresaw. And it started with a rather innocuous meeting. The Jagiellonian University in the Polish capital of Krakow is the oldest university in Poland. as the 13th oldest university in continuous operation in the world it is regarded as poland's most prestigious academic institution the university has been viewed as a vanguard of polish culture as well as a significant contributor to the intellectual heritage of europe the oak of freedom stands along the buildings of this very university it is surrounded by a green strip of land with ample trees and benches known locally as the planty On Monday, November 6, 1939, the Nazis invited 183 professors 
from the Jagiellonian University and the University of Science and Technology to what was billed as a lecture by Bruno Müller, commander of the SS in Poland. The lecture was titled The Attitude of the Third Reich and National Socialism Towards Science and Higher Education. So the academics went anyway. What happened next is captured well in the words of Dr. Zofia Chaika, who was then a student in the College of Physics. Benches at Planty were occupied by mothers with children. I noticed movement next to the Collegium Novo. I went closer and suddenly everyone was running away in panic. I saw a line of trucks and the building was surrounded by German soldiers. There was no chance for people to escape. Chaika hid behind the trunk of a chestnut tree. A moment later, she saw soldiers herding hastily dressed, disheveled professors onto trucks. Some of them weren't able to get into trucks without help. The soldiers were shouting, Schnell! Schnell! Hurry! Hurry! More than 180 people were loaded into the three or four trucks and then the column moved ahead. Silence filled plenty. From her vantage point, not more than 50 feet from the Oak of Freedom, Chaika bade a quiet farewell to the academics. It was part of a Nazi effort to weaken Poland by eliminating its intellectuals. This brings us to an important point in understanding the rise of fascism. In his 1995 essay, Ur Fascism, cultural theorist Umberto Eco lists 14 general properties of fascist ideology. One of them he summarized as the rejection of modernism. It means that fascists think of the rationalistic development of Western culture since the Enlightenment as a descent into depravity. Umberto Eco distinguishes this from a rejection of superficial technological advancement. As many fascist regimes cite their industrial potency as a proof of the vitality of their system. In modern parlance, it means a rejection of intellectuals to the point of demonizing and eliminating them. And if you feel that this is happening around you in these very times, I assure you, you are not alone. The Nazis whizzed away the intellectuals to concentration camps. November 6th was only one step in the Nazis' plan to subdue Poland. Krakow was to become German with the Polish inhabitants sent to the Podgorz area of the city as laborers. In 1942, the Nazis created a labor camp for Jews and other Poles in the Plashov area of Krakow. The occupiers later transformed the labor camp into a concentration camp where 80,000 people were murdered or died of disease and overwork. Eventually, the Nazis went on to create Auschwitz concentration camps, a complex of over 40 concentration and extermination camps. The camps became a major site of the Nazis' final solution to the Jewish question. The number of victims includes 960,000 Jews, 865,000 of whom were gassed on arrival, 74,000 non-Jewish Poles, 21,000 Romani, 15,000 Soviet prisoners of war, and up to 15,000 others. Those not gassed were murdered by starvation, exhaustion, disease, individual executions or beatings. Others were killed during medical experiments. 20 of the Polish intellectuals who attended that fateful meeting on 6th November died in the concentration camps. The oak tree is a symbol of strength and wisdom, but also of durability and longevity. An oak can live up to 500 years. It was with this hope that people planted the tree in 1990. And it's in front of this very oak that Poland see the beginning of Nazi occupation. And with it went away its intellectual class. 
the symbol of strength and wisdom for the demise of its kind in flesh and blood. As we comb through the pages of history, we must remember that outside of physical wars, there are psychological and intellectual wars that an oppressor wages. When it happens in our own backyards, the least we can do is to call it out. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel 42 on Instagram.